sugar plum fairy, her mother's called Mary. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, episode three. I am Roger Heathers. And I'm Declan Kitchener. Hello. Declan has a cold this week. I'm miserable. <laughs> Declan's not very well, but we're going to persevere anyway. Um, the, uh, if you are a first-time listener, the uh, premise of this show is to write and record a song from scratch every week and uh, premiere it on this podcast. Each week we take it in turns of who plays the song first, and this week it is Declan Kitchener. Oh, goodness. Right, I had real trouble writing a song in a week uh, this time. Like, I uh, had a couple of things going on during the week, and I've been through three separate ideas to try and get something off the ground. This is, uh, for context, we're recording this on Tuesday night. I got the music finished yesterday, and I only finalised this draft of the words about two hours ago. (laughs) Um, It's a song... That's actually not on my regular instrument. My regular instrument is my steel string acoustic, which I played on the intro. Yeah. This is my nylon acoustic guitar, uh, which I picked up actually for 20 quid a couple of years ago. Not bad. Yeah, it's got the biggest neck on it I've ever had on any kind of instrument. Anyway, this song is called Nylon, and uh, it goes like this. I get to tell more tales 
Thoughts of the future, the weight of the past changing me. Work for the promise, working no more. That's a dream. I'll make plans from now till the day I die. I could never be settled or stand idly by. Much of a dreamer, but I've got one in mind just to live by my own life. Great, great. It's called Nylon. That's the working title, right? Uh, yeah, Nylon is the title I came up with about five minutes before we started recording. I really like it. The bit that stands out to me most is um, Crux of the Future, the chords with that. Can you explain that? Um, yeah, well, it's basically, I was just sitting, this is yesterday when I was really bad with the cold, so I just took this nylon off the wall, which is quite nice for just finger-picking ideas on it. Fun stuff like that, and this pattern evolved. Uh, which originally was sort of, you know, half the speed of that, like it stayed on each chord for um, a bit longer, but I just quite like trying to keep it on there, uh, that shape going. And then I thought, well, that's a, you know, because I'm playing a D minor. D minor, okay, that's what it was. So that's a D minor over A, which I'm just using one of the open strings that I was oh, thinking. Okay. Is there any way I can get this to go more interestingly? I just ended up thinking, well, how's it sound if you try and do something chromatic, which is just what that is. Which is just A, B flat, B, C, C. D. That's, but I'll, yeah. I'll tell you one thing about that, which I've realised. That's actually a B diminished chord. What notes have you got in that chord right there? That's B, D, and F. Uh-huh. So that's the first diminished chord I've ever knowingly used in songwriting. And it's just quite a <laughs> nice way of shaping it. Like, if I used diminished chords in future, that's probably how I'm going to do it. Rather than having it go... You know... Yeah, uh, that's B, nice. F, uh, and the octave. And, and the octave of the B. Which is nice, but you miss out that kind of miss out the third I might have to ask you to show me that um, when we get a break because uh, I'm always trying to use diminished chords in my songs and I always end up you know I told you with the least I could do I always end up kind of playing the old one with the octave and it's just it, it lacks something it it's, lacks it's like it's like trying to play a power chord on acoustic which can work really well in open strings and everything but like just doesn't have the same ring as exactly or or even there's just more going on there's more tonality there yeah which the acoustic guitar can take which the electric guitar not necessarily it's more difficult to do it on electric without sounding uh, sort of squished up and yeah, discordant yeah. Um, but yeah like um, I was actually thinking of like halfway through it like once I've finished all the writing it's very much like thematically in terms of how I'm 
playing the music, it's very much like No Surprise. It's like a minor version of No Surprise because No Surprise is all based around the, like one chord pattern staying the same, just chords changing around it. one note that's just staying constant and then the rest of them are changing around it and I've noticed that's the technique you use quite well I wouldn't say quite often but I've noticed it in a few of your songs where you have like a bass to come back to like it'll you'll say something with the chorus and then come back to this one riff again yeah well, I'm a, I, I like riffs I'm very influenced by well influenced by I'm, I'm influenced by 70s rock in that way in that there has to be a riff or yeah. something at least catchy going on so even in songs like last week where it doesn't necessarily have a riff like there's still the which you know it's a bit catchy full of energy you can still sing it can't you yeah like it, essentially that's it like that's what all musicians are trying to do is get songs that people can sing mm. but then I realised that even like uh, the the chorus of um, No Surprise ends up using chords 5, 4, and 6. So it goes. I didn't realise uh, up until I finished this song, like, it's the same chords but just different spacing between them. So it's 5, 4, 6 again, but it's just. <laughs> yeah. So you're spending 2 on the 6 rather than on the 5. But then when you notice that, you've. I always tend to feel like I haven't got that far with it. Do you know what I mean? Like I notice that, oh, four songs long, and I'm still doing that same chord thing. I do that all the time. And I think, oh, this song sounds so different and everything, and, you know, it's not the case. Yeah, it does help that this one is more in a minor tonality. Yeah. And then, like, the vocal stuff was just literally the first thing I could think of because I was running out of time. I just needed something. Yeah. Like, uh... Like you'll notice in the crux of my future, the weight of the past changing me. Like it's just But that's a strength, I think, in that. That's the bit where it really intensifies. I mean, I can kind of picture that song being like a big rocker. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, big guitars and drums and everything behind it. Possibly. I have to consider it. I'm surprised I got that key right then, because you're down a semitone, aren't you? Yeah, you're I'm in E flat. I'm in E flat. And I'm in E standard on my acoustic. But um, yeah, I really like it. And I like the way that the um, the crux of the future riff, that chromatic riff, repeats over and over again at the end. Yeah, I was going to originally try and do that more, but I thought, well, I'm going to save my fingers, because it's quite a sort of... Like, just getting that pattern. And you're playing that bass line with your thumb, aren't you? As, yeah, apart from the uh, open A... Yeah, you're playing the rest of it with your thumb, and then you've got the finger picking on top. Yeah, and it's quite a girthy neck. This one. Oh, um, oh dear, was getting rather. Oh dear. Yeah, well, I'll have to show. I'll have to show you this big, thick piece of wood later. Um, <laughs> it is quite thick, um, but um, <coughs> this is why I'm ill because I make so many bad jokes. Karma. Uh, yeah, but like my idea is, if this ever gets to a full band kind of thing, like you just spend ages going. just as a sort of like ascending endy thing and you can have your singer going fucking nuts at the end yeah it's, it's definitely like a good stream, moment stream of consciousness thing I can I can imagine it being a full band thing but it works on the nylon as well did you write it on the nylon and have the thought that it could then 
go to your steel guitar or? Yeah, well that's, like I said, I often try out ideas on this guitar and then they transfer to that one. Yeah. Like, um, but this one I came out of the... And I thought, well that sounds amazing, I'm gonna try and put it over to uh, the steel one, one second. I was sitting on my bed and I trying it out and it just... It's nice and it'll do, but it just doesn't sound... I like the warmth of the nylon on that rip yeah, for some reason. Yeah, I think, it, weirdly enough, I say it's a rocker, but it really suits being um, being played on nylon. It has that nice warm feel to it. Yeah, well, it's maybe it's because I don't finger-pick correctly, but, like, uh, for some reason, the steel just didn't have as much warmth in it, which I kind of like for the... And you can get that B string to really snap. It's a very rhythmic piece, I've got to say. I was watching you play it, and um, obviously to kind of play it for the first time, you know, into the podcast, I was watching your fingers thinking like, like I was tensing up watching you play. Well, I was you, like... If you listen back for it, there are going to be, there are multiple mistakes even in the take that we use. We had to do two takes of it, but even in the take we use, there are lots of mistakes that I just covered up and just started the pattern again. I only noticed else. like a couple of little like muted notes that's that's all i noticed but it's got you got your because you know you do finger picking properly i've always got like my thumb and like one finger doing something like kind of a well are you always holding on to your pick as you finger pick that's true actually that's that's, yeah, that's a good point i'm kind of losing uh, one or two fingers doing that that's the thing like um i tend to finger pick but i never hold a pick when i'm doing it like um i like, there was this uh, song in Cherry Scream, which is a band I was in in High Wycombe, who were really, really good, and who wrote some very nice songs and were a very fun band to be in. But um, they had one song which started off being really heavy metal and, like... It's only a 20-quid uh, nylon acoustic, so it is going to sound off. But, um, like, it went from that to being really quiet, so I thought, I'll finger-pick it. And then, you know, but obviously I've been holding a plectrum, so I just used to put it in my mouth and just start doing the... Like, just all the time having a plectrum in my mouth and just grabbing it out, turning up the volume, and then just making it heavy again when I needed to. And that creates a nice dynamic shift, as opposed to, like... Because that was, like, a rock band, right? Like yeah, heavy yeah, rock. Like heavy rock, yeah. So it's not like you were playing a nylon, you were actually kind of finger-picking on a... Uh, Electric, yeah, with exactly. distortion on, properly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything I can say about my writing experience this week. Yeah, I liked it. I like the new song. Now, what about Uh-oh. you? Gulp. You've, uh, you've written us a new song this week. I've written you a new song on piano. Ah. And uh, this is my first one of the new run on piano. The past two, if you've been listening, have been on guitar. Yeah, it's kind of odd that. Like, you write more on piano than I do. And, you know, I was the first one to write on piano. Like, my first song of this weekly song challenge was on piano. Well, to be honest with you, the fact that we do this podcast has influenced the instruments I choose up until now. Because because we sit... Well, I mean, obviously, there's only audio, but... We sit here kind of face-to-face with a mic in front of us, and it's we always have a guitar in front of us. So it's kind of easy to have a guitar and sing. So I've kind of written with that in mind up until now. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so I've got one on piano this week. Cool. Let's have a listen. Okay. What's it called? Uh, this song yeah, is... Untitled number three. <laughs> this song's called Clover. Thank you very much. I think that's very good. I'm going to say, I love two of those lyrics you put in there, like, just two, none of the others. No, I love um, the, uh, I love the one, uh, I've been, was it, I've been wrong so much, I've given up being right. Or... Yeah, so many times I've yeah. given up on being right. And I like the one, um, the first immortal man in his, in his childhood bed today. Yeah. Which is uh, quite a nice one as well. Like, um... I love the way also it sort of shifted to a minor feel in what I'm assuming is the chorus. Well, I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. That's a bit of modulation which is reverse of what I've done before. So the song's in D major and it ch changes to D minor um, in the chorus. Um, but it's, it's got real no, no real chordal transition to mm. where it goes from like one and then you've got some clever chords and then it's in another. It just kind of goes 
you know, straight into it's in D minor now. It seemed pretty seamless from listening over here. Well, you've got, um, let me think here. I'm just going to uh, just have a look here. Um, so you've got the uh, verses in D major. And then um, it goes to a B major. Uh, so that's a major sixth. And then obviously the minor run down here. Resolving to major chords. That's right. And then I'm trying to see. E minor, you got there, so minor second to basically major fifth, but that major fifth is also the uh, sharpened. Oh shit, what is it? You got the C sharpened of a D minor's fifth? Does that make sense? Yes. And then you got. So I guess it resolves quite nicely, but. It felt sudden to me, but I knew that when I started writing the song, I knew that I wanted to have something that was a bit jarring. So, basically, lyrically, the song is about... Um... <laughs> well, How much are you willing to tell the internet, Roger? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a song that's not really about one specific thing, but the one thing I did want to do with this is time travel, um, lyrically. So the verses are in the present, and the chorus is in the future. And uh, Clover is like a, a fictional character who I find myself with each time. I was going to say, you might want to cut this sentence out of the podcast, but I was noticing that in the lyrics. Like um, like you were sort of saying, all the good ones move away in the end, and then you went to the, fu- uh, you went to the future in the chorus and said, I'm on the city street with yeah. Clover at my side. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's no secret that... Um, you know, it'd be nice to move away to a, to a city. Yeah. Um, and I know you feel the same way. Um, so yeah, basically the verses are saying, I'm stuck here, you know, and uh, all the good ones move away. And then the chorus goes, you, basically you open up your eyes and you're in a different place. That's the idea of it. And, uh, and then I'm on the city street or I'm in the swimming pool. It's almost like that sci-fi story idea I told you about a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just... only went in subconsciously. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's, that's the time travel thing. Let me think. The first, the first <coughs> um, genesis I got for this song lyrically was uh, when I was at work and I was refilling the napkins and the straws and the bar I work on. Cool. And I was in the, uh, the stock room. Like, it's just that you're kind of on your own in the stock room. You get the keys, you unlock it, and then you're in there. And I've been kind of like thinking of the weekly song, of course, because I've got to write something every week. And I'm in this uh, stock room and I just get this lyric in my head. Um, I've been wrong so many times, I've given up on being right, which sounds like a very depressing lyric. But whenever I use like a lyric like that that's really depressing and, you know, heavy, it's used in a more uni- universal sense than it actually is anything personal to me. Yeah. Although it is personal to me too, it's supposed to be more universal. And so I, I ripped open this box of napkins and I got the top one out and I just got the pen off my shirt and I just wrote, scribbled that down and stuffed it in my pocket. And I thought if anybody sees it, it's going to seem really strange. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so that was the first lyric and I knew I had something there went home and started playing the piano and I started playing in uh, in D major and I'm about to dismantle this a little bit because I'm going to show you some things that it's similar to uh, which kind of takes away a bit of the mystique. What's that phrase again that people say? Like creativity is not being completely original but it's hiding your sources or something like that. Was it? It's like um, you know stealing it. from one person is plagiarism, stealing from many is research. Pretty much, yeah. So... I wouldn't normally talk about this, but this is the weekly song podcast, so... This I'm is pl- what we do, we destroy the mystery <laughs> of art! <laughs> so I'm playing on, um... I'm playing in D major, and I, I was just kind of playing around, 
And it's quite a basic sort of pattern. You're just going down the D major scale with a D major in the right hand. So, uh, yeah. sorry, D major on the right hand, walking down the major scale in, in the, the left. Yeah. And then four, five, one. Really simple. Yeah. Um, but the rhythm I wanted vocally is very similar to. Um, Which is obviously be my baby, uh, so <laughs> you can kind of sing one over the other. I'm so glad you said that. I was literally about to ask because I know I've recorded that song with someone before, but I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> so I got, um, you know, I write my progress in a book, which is you know exactly the same, pretty much rhythmically. Although that wasn't a an intentional grab. It's not like I took that and went, I'm using that. It's just I know it's sort of afterwards. Well, it's kind of like um, like I was saying last week, like. Um, with uh, the whole glory hallelujah thing like it's just it's the starting off with that rhythm and then you take it somewhere else exactly yeah i mean it would have been a different thing if i had the same chords to be honest with you actually i did actually toy with having a uh not a walk down bass line but a first second just like be my baby does yeah. so it would have been like uh i write my progress in a book i write the pages every night something like that but yeah that would have been a bit too much I yeah exactly <laughs> be my be, be, my, my, be my little baby <laughs> so i i uh i didn't do that uh i'm trying to think the other two things so you got be my baby is the influence for the verse pretty much um the intro i hate to say this is pretty much note for note one of my favorite prince songs okay <laughs> um which uh, i put on your uh, birthday playlist uh, which uh, one was that? I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. And That's it's, it's it. a piano I ballad. I knew it had a title like that. And uh, Prince's is in uh, G major, I think. Um, so he's basically hitting a uh, a fifth of his G major scale. No, sorry. That's a fifth. A fifth of his G major scale, which is a D, on after every chord. So his intro goes... I was going to say, I really liked that bit in the intro because it just sounded like um, like a radar or a lighthouse or something, like, you know, sort of mm. searching for same, something. Well, the, the radar sort of sound is supposed to come back in. I forgot to do this in our, my performance today, but in my recording it comes back in at the end when the rubber ring chorus comes in, when it goes... Yeah. Um, I... Wait. underneath that last bit by the way um so you got d minor which is the root c b flat major f major and then g minor um i don't know what this next one is but it's nice uh it's g sharp in the left hand g sharp and d in the left hand and then g sharp b e in the right hand. Okay, so I would call that E7 over G sharp. E7 over G sharp it is. So you got this nice movement. So I'm guessing that resolves to A minor? A major. A major. Yeah. So on guitar that would sound like... 
And I know this sounds kind of strange, but I felt like I was kind of onto something by the time I got to the chorus, like feel-wise. I felt like I really had something, and I felt like that chord change really was enigmatic of what I had. Mm. Feel-wise, I really felt like that really lended itself to what I was saying. Um, you know, when I open up my eyes, it's almost like that chord allows... It's like... Well, you're, go- you're, start- you're going outside of the tonal scale when it's just kind of a climbing ascending thing mm. so whether opening up your eyes is a good thing it's just followed by this ascending but it's one of those lovely moments where I feel like the chords help out the lyrics which doesn't always happen but it did then so what have I stolen so far I've stolen <laughs> Be My Baby's Rhythm you've stolen um, Prince Prince's I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore for the opening uh, and the other thing I slightly stole was I might need a second for this I should point out that um, in terms of nicking influences and everything on my one, I was subconsciously influenced a little bit by Skin and Bones, which is why I've been playing it. So yeah, like, I noticed you've been playing that a lot today. Like, uh, compare... ...to... Well, it's very much something I think you'd find on disc two of In Your Honour, your, your new song. I found my bit in the book, by the way. Cool. Um, so I stole... Well, I say stole. I was writing the, um, <laughs> the second bridge for the song before it goes into the second chorus, and I wanted to say something along the lines of this feeling never goes away, this ongoing neurosis and, like, you know, whatever in my head, these thoughts, it just it's always there. And the only lyric I could come up with was the static in my brain which I think works really well, but it, it comes from this song, Tomorrow Tomorrow by Elliot Smith, where he says, um, I've got static in my head, the collected sound of everything. I tried to go to where it led, but it didn't lead to anything. And uh, I always loved that song, and I just think the static in my head works so well, rather than just saying literally what well, it is. You know? Well, I was going to say, a fair, fair few people said static in my head. I think I'll allow you yeah. to get away with that one. <laughs> Right, so the other thing I've really stolen was uh, Prince's I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore. And, uh, and everything else yeah. is just an influence. An influence, we'll call that's it. That's what we're saying, yes. And that's pretty much it. That's the song. That's cool. I really like it. Okay, we thought um, in order to keep conversation going so that you beautiful people could listen to us even more, we talk about some of our favourite like little songwriting like tricks or techniques or things that we use in chord sequences or melodies to... Um, uh, sort of, we just end up using a lot because we like them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, would like to go first. I will. Sure. Um, Name a trick. Tricks is a very bad term, but it's the best one I can think of at this time. Okay, I'm going to try and keep it like short and sweet and cutty and sharp. Snappy. Um, basically, my first one, which uh, was used a lot by the Beatles, um, a lot by Cheap Trick, Elliot Smith, Oasis. People who are fans of the Beatles. Yeah. Um, it's basically, you're playing in a major scale, C major being, you know, good for this demonstration. You've got your notes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 being your octave. And then the fourth chord of that is typically a major chord. So you've got 1, 2, 3, 4, and then you've got your 5, which is your subtonic, right? I think it's tonic, tonic, dominant, dominant, yeah, and then subdominant, isn't it? Subdominant, yeah. So sorry, you got your 
one, four, five, basically. And then what I like to do uh, is change the four to a minor four, uh, which uh, I think provides quite a sweet little change in the song, and it resolves quite nicely back to the one. So. Well, it's um, it's kind of like a uh, descending but almost melancholy kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. Which is, uh, I only noticed you were doing it like uh, I think last week, wasn't it? Did, was that well that late? I've been using it for ages. It's either last week or the week before, but that's the first time I consciously noticed what you were doing on it. I think I rinse it dry quite a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> that trick. So, Declan, what's one of your tricks? Uh, well, this is again. This is another. We're gonna have to uh, start all of these music tricks with like they're all from the Beatles because the Beatles did everything. But it's something I tend to use a lot. Like um, is if you're let's stick in C major for the purposes of, dem of this demonstration. Yeah. So normally your chords go first major, second minor, third minor, fourth major, fifth major. What I have a very bad habit of doing is just going. It's using a third major, mm. which um, is quite nice if you like the place I the chord sequences I tend to use it in most are either one. Fourth or one major third to sixth minor, yeah. yeah. Which again, it's an Oasis one as well. Like, um, like that song. What's the one it had on at Christmas for the M&S advert? Half the world away. Ah, uh, yeah. That yeah. uses that a fair few times. Like it's in. Um, uh, Don't look back in anger as well. in there somewhere mm. I don't quite know we might have to no cut. no you're quite right yeah that, that's true but like I've used it like my first weekly song this time used it like it was going from an E flat major up to a uh, G major which is your major third and mm -hmm. then up to a sixth minor so you know very cliche way of doing it like you Um, it was used uh, like there's another one of mine called uh, used to be me which I use it like literally first few seconds it was just one six one three six again yeah well I mean it has a nice way of um, it's leading like, on to the next chord it's yeah it's like an, an expectant push so instead of going like which mm. is lovely but It really pushes it. It's like got a certain magnetism it's, to the it's, other chords. Yeah, it's like a lift up. Yeah, definitely. That's a really nice trick. I like doing that with a, a major third, but make it a seventh. Oh, so you go... Yeah. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. Shall I do one? Yep. We'll just exchange them as much as we can think cool, of. Cool, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think as I go here. Um, just stuff we notice we do all the time. Again. In a C major. What I like to do quite often is um, use major chords outside of the realm of C major. So I'll be going... And then the ones I really like to use is... Um... Oh, you'll have to bear with me on the terminology. A sharpened major fifth, um, a sharpened major sixth, and back to the tonic. I like doing that. 
but I like to use it in an unexpected way. So for instance, one way I use it, which I'm sure you'll recognize, is on my song Confetti. I go, uh, this is for the one who left the ground. Favorite parts of clown. And you expect it to go, it's drawn back in, but it goes, it's drawn back in. And it gives you a really different feel. Yeah, like I've like I've, I pointed that out to you the first time we both sat around a piano. It's like I love that trick you do. Yeah, but it's um that's a Beatles trick. That's as well. Like it's on the start and end of um with a little help from my friends because it spends most of its time in E, but it starts and ends with the um sharp and fi- uh, sharp and fifth major sharp and sixth major thing with the. And it just takes you to a place you don't expect. The thing I love about that particular trick is that when you are, what do you call it, when, when you're listening to a song for the first time, you expect it to do certain things, go back to its root or go to its, um, you know, a certain chord. And when it doesn't, it really throws you off and it makes you pay more attention. And I yeah. think that's a really good songwriting trick just to kind of have the listener really be keen on what you're doing, you know? Yeah, because that's a problem with writing mostly tonal music. You can write the most beautiful music in the world, but it follows all the rules. Yeah. Like, um, you know, which, you know, sometimes it works amazingly and you can do clever things within, like, one scale, but it's just finding these little ideas that help you shift beyond it. Of course, yeah. Of course, one trick of mine is just to ignore that completely. Like, I, I mentioned this a bit last song, uh, last week, but one of my favourite things to do particularly when you're writing angry or unhappy songs, is just take every single chord and treat it as a major. Yeah. So, like, there's one of mine called um, When You're Away, which is about uh, someone cheating on, you know, their boyfriend and everything. But uh ends up going like this. chords and it, awesome. yeah and it gives it that sort of really like almost angsty feel i think yeah well it's just it's something that i just found easier to do as a beginner and then i just like the sound of it like there's that mika saying last week uh but i also tend to find it used a lot in um not throughout the whole song but i think of it as the nirvana trick for some reason yeah 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 because it's like if you think for example in about to go which is mostly just um e minor to g which is, you know, plodding along fair enough on that, but then it switches to that. A run of, like, major chords. Yeah, that's all true, that's true. On the chorus, as for lack of a better term, before you go back to the... That's a great example of something where, like, Loads of major chords are used in a huge string, but it brings you back to one minor just to kind of balance the books a little bit. Yeah. I think that's a nice one. Well, it also brings you back in key as well. Like, the last major chord brings you back to a C, which sets you up nicely for the... Yeah. It's, like, quite clever songwriting, but also really simple. Definitely, but Kurt Cobain was a master at that. Right, so I think that's all for this week, isn't it? I think it is all for this week, my friend. Yes. Cool. We'll see you next week with new songs and hopefully I won't be ill. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, folks. Goodbye. Ta-ra.